0: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid Powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new, available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Monday, January 16th. It's Martin Luther King Day, and I hope that you are having a good day off and that after you have listened to this, you do something to think about Martin Luther King Day, um, or maybe you want to stop right now, do it, and then come back to this. because today we are airing the third part of the first chapter of my new book, The Great Money Reset: Ten Bold Steps to Turn Chaos into Opportunity. As I see it, this book is really uh, an outgrowth of this program. It is about so many of the conversations that I've had with you over the years um, on this program, on my radio show. And it has been such a pleasure to be able to create something that came out of us, out of our community. And so I am here to present the third part of the first chapter for the Great Money Reset. If you want to pre-order it, you can do that at our website, jillonmoney.com. Okay, here is the third part. When you think of backup plans to go with your various scenarios, best case, middle case, worst case, don't just sketch them out. Do the legwork to put those plans in place so they're there if you need them. I didn't just say, oh, I'll go back to financial planning if a career in media doesn't work out. I contacted a friend of mine who owned a financial planning and investment management firm, told him of my plans, and asked if I might come to work for him if media didn't work out for me. To my delight, he told me that I always had a job if I ever needed one. Do you think that took some of the pressure off? Abso-friggin-lutely. If you're married or otherwise partnered, there's an additional wrinkle to consider when running through the fabulous five and envisioning specific scenarios. What can your spouse or partner tolerate? You might be able to swallow making 50% a year less than you currently do, or slashing your discretionary spending by $1,000 a month to make the numbers work, or taking retirement at age 68 instead of age 62. But does your significant other feel similarly? If not, you might be in for some trouble, such as an unforeseen and unwanted change in your relationship status, if you go ahead with a big move. When I moved to New York, I initially landed a salaried job with CBS, even though I dreamed of working for myself. A few years later, when I had a chance to do similar work in media, but operate as a freelancer, I jumped at it. Knowing that the lack of guaranteed income might stress out my partner, I promised her that no matter what happened, I would pull in at least a certain minimum income as a freelancer. If I couldn't, I would reconsider that choice. This helped her feel good about my shift to working for myself. Happily, I've always been able, knock on wood, to live up to my end of the bargain. It hasn't hurt that she's achieved more financial stability in her career as well. So far, I haven't said much about an obvious option available to you. Staying precisely where you are and gutting it out for a while longer. I want to encourage you to move toward your dreams and to battle the forces of fear and inertia that might hold you back. But in some circumstances, staying put and gutting it out is, in fact, the best answer. If you only have three more years to work before you'll be eligible for a nice, juicy pension, then make the responsible choice and stay. Don't be a child. Of course, if staying a minute longer will result in a nervous breakdown or worse, then yes, leaving would be the more responsible choice. When we're contemplating big moves in our lives, we're often in a place of heightened emotion, frustrated as we are with the status quo. One of the best reasons to crack open a pink notebook and take stock of your finances is precisely to give your emotions a chance to cool. When you do, you might find that a change is the opposite of what you want. During the first year of the pandemic, a good friend of mine came very close to ending a 25 year relationship. She had worked herself into a tizzy, convincing herself that she hated being coupled and that the right answer was to take up with a woman 10 years younger. When I reminded her that COVID was happening and nobody was happy, she assured me that her discontent was real. I'm great friends with my wife, but our sex life is non-existent. I'm 50 years old. Life is passing me by. The pandemic is making me feel like anything can happen. So why am I staying in this place? She didn't start a pink notebook, at least not that I'm aware of, but she did step back and consider the financial consequences of divorce at her age. She also, to her credit, went into serious therapy and convinced her wife to begin marriage counseling. In the end, she decided that even if their sex life would never meet her expectations, she did love her wife and would find the most happiness if she stayed so she did bottom line don't be afraid to blow things up but please don't do it if you don't have to or if you shouldn't the power of taking stock when ross from texas told me he had a hankering to leave his dumb old corporate job but wanted help thinking it through i was more than happy to oblige we ran through many of the basics I learned that he earned $150,000 a year base salary with an extra $25,000 bonus. His wife pulled in about 10 dollars to $20,000 a year working part-time. The couple had about $2 million in retirement savings with $1.8 million of that in a 401k. They also owned an investment property worth $237,000 with a large outstanding mortgage balance, but a positive cash flow of $600 a month. Ross and his wife owned a primary residence valued at about $580,000 that was almost paid off, just another $55,000 to go. And they planned to stay in that house if he left corporate America. Finally, they had amassed a decent sized emergency fund of $65,000. As we considered future scenarios, Ross told me he anticipated he'd need about 80 to $90,000 in post-tax retirement income to maintain their desired standard of living. If he waited until age 70 to claim his pension, he would receive $500 a month. If he wanted to claim it early as a lump sum, he would receive $90,000. If Ross and his wife waited until age 70 to claim Social Security retirement benefits, they could count on a combined $57,000 a year in income from that. Ross said that he didn't want to touch his retirement savings until starting to draw on it at age 65, almost a decade from now, if he could help it. As I worked through Ross's situation with him, I found myself getting a little nervous about his open-ended plan to leave his corporate job without a clear plan for bringing in income. The decade between now and age 65 was a critical time. With his wife continuing to work part-time, he would need to bring in over $100,000 each year pre-tax to cover his expenses if he didn't want to tap into his savings. He also would need to figure out a way to cover his and his wife's health insurance costs. Retiring outright would be a bold move, probably too bold. Even quitting his current position to work at a low-paying job or to work part-time would expose Ross and his family to too much risk. I asked Ross if he thought he could find a job similar to his current one that he would enjoy more and that would allow him to earn a six-figure salary. He said he thought he could. He also related that his current company would cover his medical insurance for another five years once he left, a benefit that would afford him more flexibility. Overall, I thought Ross would be best served by doing not a total money reset, but a partial one. Yes, he could eventually leave his corporate job, telling his company and his boss to take a hike. But he shouldn't just go out and get an entry-level job afterward or embark on a risky startup venture that would require taking a low base pay for the promise of a future payoff. His best move was to use his existing skill set to obtain another stable, reasonably well-paying job that he found more palatable and finish out his working career for another decade or so. If he could dedicate himself to this middle road, he'd address his current job frustrations in the short term and likely enjoy a more comfortable and less stressful retirement later on. Take the time to run the numbers, and you too might find that those dreams of making a change are more realistic than you think. Maybe you have the financial resources in place to live those dreams exactly as you imagine them. Or maybe prudence will dictate that you tone down those dreams a bit while still getting most of what you want. Maybe the knowledge that you could make a change is all you really needed in the first place. I used to call this plan F, as in, I could tell my boss to F off at any time and know that I would be just fine. Regardless, taking stock of your financial life gives you more control, allowing you to take smarter, more thoughtful, and perhaps more nuanced risks. If you do decide to take action, or even if you don't, mapping out your money can leave you more confident in the soundness of your choice. Since others in your life might be offering their, sometimes unsolicited and conflicting advice, performing an analysis allows you to cut through any confusion you might be experiencing and to feel empowered. Ross now knows he can afford to leave his job with the caveats just mentioned. As described in the introduction, Melissa knew she could take the big for her step of quitting and putting her career on pause for the first time in 15 years because she had run the numbers. When her parents confronted her with their doubts, she had actual data to reassure them and herself. Many of us somehow feel we lack permission to make a change. I hereby grant you that permission on one condition, get your numbers straight. I don't know if a great money reset or some lesser version of one is right for you, but you don't know it either unless you stop dreaming for a moment, sit your butt down and do the math. Rock the reset. Take an honest look at your finances before you leap. Focus your analysis on the fabulous five, resources, liabilities, housing situation, spending, outstanding obligations. Create best case, middling, and worst case scenarios for the future. And consider taking incremental steps rather than a single big leap. Well, thanks for listening. I hope this uh, three-parter has gotten you psyched to pre-order the book. You will find that there are a lot of valuable tips and steps and a framework that will help you turn chaos into opportunity that will give you a framework to make a great money reset in your life so all the information is directly on the website jillonmoney.com pre-order there you can always ask us a question anytime at the website jillonmoney.com just click the contact us button put your hands metaphorically on someone's back someone needs you today i can tell you that change your work change your wealth change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.